Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Well, kids, she watched a lot over the last five days or no, four days. Three days? It was a three day weekend. I was off. For no, it was days. three days. Yeah. Yeah. Three days, <laughs> lots of television. Holly Robert watched and she's got details and she's going to share with us what she watched this weekend. In a little segment on the Colleen and Bradley show, we like to call Here's What We're Watching Live. You, you guys watch that television show together, don't you? Don't you? Team Cobra presents Here's, Here's What We're Watching Live. Holly, yeah. what did you watch? Oh boy, I have a random grab bag of things that I felt compelled to watch over the holiday weekend. Completely unrelated to each other. Oh, even better. So, Where do you want to start? Let's start with what we were talking about in the last segment before we went to break. I watched the four-part Menudo docu-series on HBO Max. Oh, okay. So I've seen this. I, I have it on good authority. My partner tried to watch on the airplane, and for some reason it was on the Fritz, didn't work, so he couldn't watch it. What did you think of the Menudo documentary on HBO Max? So this is called Menudo Forever Young. It debuted last week. It's a four-part docu-series on HBO Max. Going into this docu-series, I knew a limited amount of Menu- about Menudo. You know, you, you know the preliminary thing. They're a boy band from the 70s, 80s, 90s. They had a rotating roster of talent. That's the origin of Ricky Martin before he became Livin' La Vida Loca. Yeah. He got his start in this band. It was very enlightening, and it was very sad. Well, I was going to say, uh, the few things I saw as headlines flew by me about this documentary, I was like, oof, this looks dark, and I don't know that I'm ready for a documentary like this. But is that just some, you know, like headline stuff or was it really what was what was the biggest takeaway message you had after watching this documentary? Like, what was the message it was trying to get across? I think the message it was trying to get across was that this guy who started Menudo, Edgardo Diaz, essentially started this band as an exploitation machine, hmm. not only monetary exploitation, but exploitation of young boys. Okay. So, like I like said... Like, I believe you mean not just financially, but sexually. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, say the allegations from multiple band members in Menudo. They all have a similar story about things that happened to them, and it gets pretty explicit. So, if that's that content is going to make you uncomfortable, then there's a warning with that. Yeah. Uh, but I think it is important to hear these guys' stories. And, and was it, a, I mean, despite the fact that that's dark and heavy and serious, was it, did they do a good job telling the story in a way that wasn't just, 
you know, sort of ripped from the headline salaciousness. Oh, yeah. It puts Menudo into context and how incredibly huge Menudo was in the world of pop culture and in music. And they weren't necessarily accepted by white, mainstream, Anglo-Saxon media that was dominant in the 80s. But you see the crush of hundreds of thousands of people going to Menudo concerts across Latin America. These guys were very instrumental in, in getting Spanish music heard globally all these kids and they're super talented and you're like okay i get what i get why menudo was such a big thing and it was fascinating to go on that musical journey there's so many questions i want to ask about this new menudo documentary that's on hbo max that holly watched over the weekend but i guess i will just um pick a question and say do you get a sense of whether there was a resolution in the allegations that are brought to bear? Like, was that person ever held accountable or is this documentary a means to start that process? Well, that process actually started, Bradley, in the early 90s, where Edgardo Diaz was accused of sexual abuse by former ma- members of Menudo. And they went on a talk show. They actually went on Christina. Do you remember Christina? Oh, of course I do. Yeah. I, used to, I used to try to watch Christina. Yes. Not speaking Spanish, but like... Just because I a love TV, a b love talk shows, and c love you know uh, all things different than what I'm used to, and so I would try to like watch and just understand what was going on. So yes, totally all in on Christina. Yeah. So Ed- Edgardo Diaz and one of the members of Menudo that accused him of sexual and monetary abuse, they went on Christina mm. and they talked about these allegations. So this has been in the public sphere for decades. I think more than getting a legal uh, resolution to any of this. It was more these men had the, their stories told. Okay. And I think that is the resolution that you come to because Edgardo Diaz is still alive. He's not talking in this documentary. He's not giving any kind of comment other than he stands by what he said decades ago. Right. So you don't really get that resolution. You don't get a sense of justice in that particular way. But there's some justice perhaps in them just being able to share their stories publicly yeah, absolutely all right what else did you watch this weekend oh my gosh thanks for asking bradley i finished stranger things oh okay did it pay off i guess oh i guess no. now i've got a beef with the duffer brothers and i'm gonna get to that at 1 30 in the afternoon during okay. our d-bag Tell of the day the segment duffer brothers are they are the creators of stranger things they are the minds behind that popular netflix program now there's one more season left I will say at the end of Stranger Things, the second half of season four, it was like, well, what else? I'm tired. Okay. I'm tired. They're throwing a lot of things at the wall. There's a lot of things at the wall. Well, they're already talking about spinoffs, right? Like they, I remember reading something that they, they say they've still, I try to avoid headlines because I still haven't watched all of it. Yeah. And I know I'm going to run into spoilers at some point, but, um, I did see some headlines about how they still have a lot of stories to tell and they're thinking about spinoffs. Well, that's great. Good for them. I'm happy. (laughs) I'm happy for them. There's one more season left of Stranger Things. And honestly, I think that's probably even a season too long. Okay. uh, You also said you watched something called Dark Winds. Yes. I don't know what this is. Do you want to tell us about it? Of course I do. So Dark Winds has been on for, mm, I would say, the past month or so. So this is a, uh, a show on AMC. And this is a psychological thriller that takes place in the early 70s. And it follows two Navajo police officers trying to solve some crimes. Mm. So this is executive produced by Robert Redford and George R.R. R. Martin. 
Interesting collaboration. Yes, because George R.R. Martin was friends with Tony Hillerman, the author of the books from which Dark Winds is based on. Okay. So this has been in the hopper for quite some time, for decades actually in development. But uh, this is a really great crime thriller. Wonderful performances by everyone, including uh, but not limited to Zon McLaren. He plays the lead. And it's just, it's one of those really fun, I suppose fun isn't probably the accurate word, but it is a well-executed thriller, mystery, crime drama. Is there like a supernatural component to this? Because I just, I hear George R.R. Martin and I think there's got to be something mystical happening. There is. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. I actually, so I can watch the whole season um i believe that there are six episodes total we still have a couple more to go okay so it's being dropped weekly so it's being dropped weekly on amc where do i watch amc on cable (laughs) (laughs) or you or they have amc plus if you have subscription to amc plus you'll be able to watch it there okay uh but yes so this is coming on and ending and wrapping up just as the finale of better song call is going to be launching so yeah better call song yeah uh, all right. When we come back, we have to get an update. By the way, Holly, thank you for watching all that stuff. Because I mean, stuff, right? You gave me some stuff that I actually uh, will think about putting on my wish list. But when we come back, we have to head back to Herp. Remember Herp? That's oh. Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. And I know you're like, aren't we done with these two? No, because her attorneys are trying to get that verdict against her vacated. I'll tell you why. And you'll laugh as a result when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Good afternoon and welcome back to, Thanks, <laughs> to Dolphin Tuesday here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts, and that's actually the Dolphin of Justice because we have another legal legal update, or should I say legal dolphin update? Hold on. Charlie, the legal dolphin. Ooh, what's the purpose of the segment? <laughs> oh, hey, that's a good one. Like hamburger farts. Okay, Holly, that was great. And I want to tell you all about what Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are up to. Not really. But I do want to let you know that Amber Heard's attorneys are trying to get that verdict against her in the defamation trial that Johnny was successful in executing Mm -hmm. uh, vacated. And to that end, they are actually filing paperwork uh, to make the case. And in that case, they are trying, and again, just to reiterate, you'll remember she was found guilty of three defamation claims filed by Depp. The document claims, uh, well, you know the result. Yep. The moral of the story is this is going to cost her like $10 million plus. And the reason uh, we're talking about it today is because, well, they're making some arguments. And the arguments they're making are, you know, a bunch of legalese. But in addition to that, one of the claims that Amber Heard's attorneys are making that they believe should vacate the verdicts against her um, involves one of the jurors. Mm. And when I heard this, I thought, oh, this sounds familiar. Didn't a juror... Do something wrong, which could potentially vacate the charges. Wait, no, that's the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Do you remember the Ghislaine Maxwell trial where one of the jurors allegedly had some undisclosed abuse 
and I guess her attorneys are going to try to, you know, get a mistrial as a result of that juror not being forthcoming. Yes, do recall that. But wasn't there a juror that was talking about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case? In some way, shape, or form, your spidey sense is tingling. Yeah, no, what you're thinking of, I think, is the uh, juror who spoke after the fact and said that a bunch of people fell asleep. Or no, it was a court reporter. Remember, the court reporter talked about how one of the jurors fell asleep. Yes. That's, I think, what we were keying in on. But this, this, Holly, is not that. Oh, this, Holly, the argument that the the, uh, attorneys for Amber Heard are making. In their 43-page motion filed last week that the judgment was not supported by the evidence. In addition to that, they say juror number 15 was a problem. Oh, juror number 15. Do you want to know why juror number 15 was a problem? Um, Did they have gas? <laughs> no, they did not have gas. That would be a problem. I would hate to be stuck in a jury box with somebody, you know, with a... With an issue. Yeah, yeah with an issue. Mm-hmm. So we'll it, it wasn't that. that issue. No. Were they following the Johnny Depp Amber Heard saga on social media and did not disclose that they knew all the hot goss about this? No, Heard's attorneys argue that juror 15 on the panel may have been selected illegally oh. by giving the wrong birth date during jury selection. What? This juror, number 15, Holly, on their paperwork, said their birth date was 1945, but their actual birth date was 1970. What? (laughs) What? Sorry. You're you're having the reaction that I had. What? Why? Oh. Thank you, Julia. No, you're absolutely (laughs) having the reaction I did. This is a this is a reach, Bradley. I was not expecting this plot I, twist. I mean, unless there's an actual attorney out there who wants uh-huh. to explain this, here's what they say. Quote, the discrepancy, again, a juror on a piece of paperwork said their birthday was 1945 instead of 1970. I don't know. On the face of it, I'm like, did the person like like just accidentally forget what they were doing? I mean, nobody lies about their age by saying like, I would like I was born in 1975. Uh-huh. If I filled out paperwork and said I was born in 1945, I think very quickly it would become clear to everyone that, oh, that must be a typo or I must have misunderstood what I was doing. There's there's a clerical error in all of this. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'll like, get you. I was it's not like Rebel Wilson saying she's 30 when really she's 52. Mm, allegedly. Supposedly. You can't say that because mm-hmm. she did sue and win. Yeah, but she then never she had did to give that. it all back. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh! Anyway, but back to this. This is just obviously a mess. So, quote, yes. they say this discrepancy raises the question of whether Juror 15 actually received a summons for jury duty and was properly vetted by the court to serve on the jury. Look, they don't even know because we don't know if that juror actually deliberated on the case. Because remember, one of the things we. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Did learn in that previous story you referenced was that all of the jurors had to sit there, but some of them were going to be, what's the word? Like, not temporary, but they would be backup jurors. Alternates? Alternates. Thank you. God, you you should be the legal expert on this show. No, I shouldn't. Okay. (laughs) So we don't even know if Juror 15 sat and deliberated on the case, but that is the thing that they are hanging their hope for a mistrial on. They've learned there's precedent in these celebrity cases for the minutiae of the legal system to be pointed out and then have whatever verdict be tossed out. See, Bill Cosby. Mm, You're absolutely right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're going to get you on a technicality. We all saw but this I, play out. I still yeah. don't understand the ju- like. If I'm if I'm Judge Judy, like this okay, is not going to be decided Judy. by Judge Judy. But I'm on the no. courtroom, and mm-hmm. you're like, make your best case about juror number fifteen, Holly. Make your best case. I'm saying that to that, you, yeah, you I, make your best case right? for why juror fifteen should cause a mistrial based on 1945 versus 1970. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, juror 15 obviously lied. And if they're lying about their age, clearly born later than 1945, they should have been born in 1970. That means they're going to be lying about every single thing in their life. No, it wasn't a clerical um, error, fat fingers on the form. No, it was that they're a but liar. But we could look at them and see they weren't born in 1945, Holly. But it doesn't matter. Do not use your eyes. Because your eyes can lie to you. This is the facts. I think your case is probably the best case. And I don't think this particular aspect of the case they're trying to make to vacate that verdict and that 43-page motion is the strongest. I don't know what the other 42 pages include, but if uh, 45 versus 70 was the issue, Mm -hmm. like it's not like a juror who actually did fail to disclose some like relevant... Uh, life story. Right, which is what potentially is happening in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Yeah. That there is an element of the juror that they did not disclose information that could have compromised the verdict. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, I mean, good. they're obviously working to earn the money that they've been paid. Congratulations to them. Working for those billable hours. (laughs) Getting them billable hours. (laughs) Amber Heard's legal team. When we come back, uh, we've got a new crop of celebrities behaving badly. We like to call them... D-bags. And we got a couple for you right here on My Talk 107.1. Whether you like pie or cake, we have got space for you. On the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 107.1. Streaming live and doing everything on our app. Go download it. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. And we love poking fun at celebrities and tabloids in a little segment we like to call... Lord and Lady... D-Bag! Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Oh, Bradley, who... <laughs> Is your D-bag of the day? Well, it's appropriate that you started out with that uh, British-y accent. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, because my D-bag today is of the Daily Mail. Oh, it's a load of crap. Oh, what Most do you of the know? Time. Oh, we could do a little this. Uh, hello, here's another headline from the crappy Daily Mail. Kim Kardashian displays her 21-pound weight loss in a skin-tight top and her favorite $2,300 panther leggings as she heads out in Paris during fashion. Oh, 
God. Okay, can I just ask a favor? Yeah. Look, she's pretty <laughs> in her hot pants. That's great. Which also are the kind that like cover the shoe or the shoes attached. I don't even know what you call those things. Ladies, please tell me that's not an actual thing. It's Kim Kardashian is making those a thing. I, those are leggings, not hot pants. Yeah. Daily Mail. Yeah. The, I, well, they call them panta leggings. Oh. Panta leggings. Anyway, whatever. Oh. Why? Can we just do one thing? Like, show me the photos. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kim Kardashian's not going anywhere. Show me her, you know, highlighter marker, hot pants, panta leggings, whatever you want to call them. Uh, that's not my issue. My issue is. Can you not put the number of LBs you think she lost in the headline? No. And now, look, she has talked about her weight loss. I get that. Like, that's a part of her narrative. And also, this was a narrative that was a part of another celebrity by the name of... Uh, uh, Rebel Wilson. Oh, right. Her year of health. Her year of health that took four years. And uh, it was 60 pounds that she lost in every dang headline. About Rebel Wilson after included Rebel Wilson, who just lost 60 pounds. And apparently now Kim Kardashian, who just lost 21 pounds. Like everything she does will come attached with a 21 pound weight loss. Like for what, Holly? I blame the Internet, Bradley. Please tell me why I'm fine with that. I blame the Internet. Blame the Daily Mail. Blame Piers Morgan. I don't care, but tell me why. I blame the internet, and I blame search engines for these headlines that we get. Yes. Notice, Bradley, can you read the headline from the Daily Mail once again? Yeah. Kim Kardashian displays her 21 pounds weight loss Uh in a skin-tight top on her favorite 2,300-pound panta leggings, British money, as she heads out in Paris during Fashion Week. You're right. It's like Mad Lib's Google search terms. That's a lot of words, Bradley, for one single headline. That is called, in the biz, SEO writing. Yeah. Search engine optimization writing. We get headlines like this because... It wants to grab you in to click on this story if you're interested in a number of things. Are you interested in Kim Kardashian? Are you interested in her weight loss? Are you interested in her panta leggings that cost 2,300 UK pounds? Approximately, what would that be? Like 20, mm, 2,600, 2,700 United States dollars? Would you be interested in fashion? 274781. Okay, great. Thank you. Would you be interested in Paris? Would you be interested in Fashion Week? All of these things can be yours if you just click on this article. Because I just don't think women, and I will speak for all women right now. Thank you. (laughs) That's always a good idea. Go on. No, but like, we don't, do we, like, aren't we, we don't, that's not, she's not, like, if she wants to say, wear a t-shirt that says, I lost 23, 21 pounds. And all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> and these panta leggings. Um, fine. But if that has nothing to do with anything happening right now, no. she's at fashion week and her 21 pound weight loss specifically is irrelevant. Yes. And I just think, my God, the algorithm is now reinforcing Like, the algorithm was supposed to free us from certain things. Yeah. Has the potential still to free us to be... The algorithm is not in and of itself a horrible thing. It is the use 
and the uh, employment of the algorithm that is and the people feeding it i'm speechless (laughs) it's just to say like technology should equal progress in its best form this is not progress this is literally the exact opposite of progress what i'm hearing you saying bradley is that the problem is us. Yeah, we are the problem. We are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Humanity <sighs> is the problem. Now, while you were talking... Because, it, well, yeah. can I just can I just uh, uh, further expound on that? Please. For the audience? Yeah. What Holly's saying is, uh-huh. we are the problem because yeah. they're only delivering the content they know you will click on. Mm-hmm. Meaning, yeah. you want to click on that 21-pound weight loss. Yeah, you do. Why? 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 Mm-hmm. I don't have the answer. You were yeah. going to say. Well, or were you just going to tell me who you're teabagging? Oh, no, was. I was going to tell you that Rebel Wilson was making headlines over the weekend because her year of of health journey continues. It continues. How? Well, I'm sorry, I'm speechless. <laughs> and I forgot this is radio. It can't yeah. be speechless on radio. No. Why is Why? she still talking about it? It's Why? four years. It's really three years later. Well, Maybe two, but it's more than a year. She was sharing some body positive captions over the holiday well, weekend. Yeah, because she just said, you know, I, I put on a few pounds over the holidays. and Join the club. Yes, and she said that she'll, you know, get on her healthy journey tomorrow. So I'm, compl- I'm totally paraphrasing this. But again, all the headlines about Rebel Wilson now are re-upping that year of health, the journey that she's been on. And we're still you know, framing was, her celebrity that way. If she was saying something unique about weight, like if she was saying, I'm actually not going to focus on my weight over the holiday. Um, I'm not going to tell you what my body is today versus what it was the other day. Like if she was doing something unique with that, I would be all in. But like, and and she actually is entitled to do whatever she wants with it. The media does not need to cover it. And that's where I would say, like, gatekeepers in media, although they are few and far between these days, and most of the gatekeeping is done by algorithm, robots, don't even get me started. Like, there needs to be some responsibility. Like, no, Rebel Wilson, I understand that you want attention and you want to talk about things, and you're entitled to do that, but I am not entitled to cover them, and I'm certainly not uh, obligated to cover them in a way that doesn't require some criticism. Mm-hmm. Like, so I would just say, why isn't anyone saying to her, why are you still talking about this? Or what is it that you think is different or adding to the conversation around women's bodies and women's issues by bringing up a number or talking about like these just tired weight loss tropes from like 1980, which, yeah, we can all relate. But at the same time, we're trying to do better. Yeah. It's like the Snackwell cookies of tabloid stories. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we ate them. Yeah. We tried that. Uh Uh-huh. We decided that was a bunch of ridiculousness. Yeah. And we get what you were trying to do, but we're going to move on. We are going to move on. No, literally move on. What's your who's your team back? The Duffer Brothers. Oh, okay. Remind people who the Duffer Brothers are. The Duffer Brothers are the creators of the Netflix phenomenon Stranger Things. Okay. And I got a beef with season four of Stranger Things. Oh, and that's why they're my D-bags of the day. Beef. Bradley, these episodes of Stranger Things are too darn long. Oh. They are 
an hour and a half easy. Oh my god! Major motion picture length. I think I remember Colleen saying that. Okay, that's yeah. a lot. So not all of the episodes of season four of Stranger Things are more than ninety minutes long, but there were several episodes this season that were like an hour forty minutes. And Bradley, I fell asleep during them. Oh, that's always a good sign. Yeah, because they were too long, and it just wouldn't end. I would like to introduce the Duffer Brothers to a little concept called editing. Do you think that it's because they believe the audience has waited so long and wants this content? And so, like, let's just give them a little bit extra at the expense of, like, a tight, crisp narrative? Or um, is it just, is it just, I don't know, what what is it that is causing uh, that? Because clearly they're talented people. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, clearly they're talented. Now, I will say... That the Duffer brothers talked to the Hollywood Reporter and said that they're going to have shorter episodes for next season. I feel like the choice to do really long episodes of Stranger Things was a combination of all the things that you said. There's fan anticipation. It's been three years since we had a new season of Stranger Things. Also, clearly, Stranger Things is an homage to 80s genre movies. So they were just shoving everything they could into it. So they were just shoving everything they could into it. That being said, editing Duffer brothers is your friend because this season a number of nearly 80 minute episodes that's the length of an old school movie i know now movies are two and a half hours long don't even get me started on that we need a nice editing conference like you know sometimes you can just cut things yeah and it's okay as somebody who struggles with too many words i do think it's important to have somebody doing the wrap up you can't see this dear audience but i'm doing the wrap up signal You're doing like, the finger yeah the, the, <laughs> doing, the fin- finger. doing the finger kids uh-huh when it's time to go wrap it up uh you need to have somebody in there who can say um you know what and a lot of times i would imagine it's well actually i don't know i don't know who technically would be doing that job other than an editor but i don't know where they sit in the hierarchy yeah or what what stage of the game other than the fact that it's at the end uh, where they come in. But you, I do wonder if uh, too many cooks in the kitchen or if there's not somebody strong enough to sort of push back on the creators. I just think editing has become a lost art in Hollywood. We have to deal with a lot of movies that are really long. And, and quite frankly, it's a deterrent to go to see movies in the theaters when they're two and a half pushing three hours long. I don't want to do it. And they don't even give us Bradley the common courtesy of an intermission. Oh, Look, don't even get me started. If you're going to have if a long, some, oh, Sorry. I, no, get started. Please. If somebody just did that once, do you know how awesome the world would... I think. And if it didn't, that's fine. We'll move on. We'll pretend it didn't happen. But could you imagine, like, old school curtain goes up, down, uh, at some point in the movie... And like the orchestra plays and you get to go to the potty break. There's no orchestra. But you know what I'm saying? Like the old school, uh, they'd cut to the the orchestra with the curtain and say intermission. Yes. Yes. That would be a huge. Like, why not? After all we've been through the last three years, just somebody do it. Let's all go to the lobby. Because then we can all just take a pee break. You know, I I get there's going to be a bum rush for the... That well, literally, a rush for the bum, potty break. But come on, let's just try it. Come on, come on. This is the land of opportunity and ingenuity. Certainly, we can look back at our history and say, 
Yes. We used to have overtures. Thank you. Literally, they would play music like what's playing behind us right now. Yes. Hyping you up for the movie. And then an hour and a half into a three-hour movie, it would say intermission. Or like you could even do get all Italian-y. Intermezzo. You cook it fancy like... This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like that? Right. And then just have a little, you know, Amalfi Coast screensaver come up for a couple minutes with a countdown. You got three minutes. Please. Get her done. Hollywood. I'd be all in. I'd be all in. Holly, this is genius. All right. I want you to work on that in the break. But when we come back. <laughs> I'll get on the horn. Actually, don't work on that in the break because when. No, actually do. Because when we come back. Sorry, I was about a, a segment ahead of myself. When we come back, I want to tell you all about, believe it or not, Tom Cruise's favorite cake. Oh, boy. Tom Cruise's favorite cake. And how you too can get a slice. Oh. Right here on My Talk 1071. Thank you, Holly Roberts. Hello. Good afternoon. I'm Bradley Trainer. That is Holly Roberts. Colleen will be back with us next week. You are listening to the second hour wrap-up of the Colleen and Bradley show. We've still got one more hour. Please join us. But now I would like to tell you about Tom Cruise's favorite cake. I can't can we double down a D-bag over here? Oh, sure. Because Presenting it's Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. It's not Tom Cruise? It's not, believe it or not, Tom Cruise, oh. who is getting the double down. It's E! News. E! E! Tom Cruise sends this cake to celebrity friends every year. Miles Teller, John Hamm, Angela Bassett, and more. James Corden, Kirsten Dunst, Kobe Smulders, Jimmy Fallon, and Rosie O'Donnell have received this iconic cake from Tom Cruise. Okay, I'm a sucker for cake. You know this. I'm team cake all the way. Colleen is team pie. I still eat pie. I love pie. There's lots of amazing pie in the world, but I like cake. So I'm like predisposed to find articles like these and click on them, Holly. I love cake too, Bradley. Thank you. Thank you, Team Cake for Mm -hmm. life. Uh, Okay, except for when there's not cake and then we'll eat pie or cupcakes or, you know, brownies, whatever. So then I I see the story in my timeline and I'm like, okay, I'm here for this because I would like to know, even though it's probably ridiculous, what kind of cake Tom Cruise likes so much that he sends to his A-list celebrity friends. I'm kind of shocked, Bradley, that Tom Cruise would eat cake. Now, that is a very good point, right? (laughs) Tom Cruise doesn't seem like the kind of person to sit down at the end of a long day and enjoy the pleasures of a slice of cake. Well, and you know what's interesting is I don't know uh, if he actually likes the cake or if this is the cake that he likes to send. 
Meaning, is the sending of the cake more the thing than the fact that it's his favorite cake, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. this is a D-bag segment. I said it's not Tom Cruise. It's E! News. E. The first paragraph, before they actually tell you the details of his favorite cake, which I'll tell you about, pregnant pause, says the following. We independently selected these products because we love them, and we think you might like them at these prices. E has affiliate relationships, so we may get a commission if you purchase something through our links. Items are sold by the retailer, not E. Prices are accurate as of, pub- as of publish time. Jeez. This is a commercial, mm-hmm. and I fell for it. And I didn't realize it until I was halfway through the story, even though this disclaimer was right at the very top. This is E trying to make money off of a particular cake that they sell online that you too can be the owner of. Now, let me tell you the actual story and see what you think. I want to know what the heck is so special about this cake now. (sighs) Tom Cruise is known for many things, like doing his own stunt and flying planes, but you do also know about his cake? Well, technically it's not his. It's the white chocolate coconut bunt cake from Doan's Bakery in Woodland Hills, California. Wow. However, it's reached legendary status thanks to Tom Cruise, who sends out these delicious cakes every year to his friends and colleagues, including all the people I already told you about. They're great. Special. And like in 2019 with Colby Smulders, Jimmy Fallon explained, Tom Cruise will send you a cake during the holidays. Kobe gushed. I leave mine in my freezer until it and it lasts until like March. I just slowly chip away at the thing. So this is a status symbol now in Hollywood that you get sent the Tom Cruise bunt cake. Yeah. So if you work with Tom Cruise, if you're on a project with Tom Cruise, if you interview Tom Cruise, you too might end up getting a Doan's Bakery white cake. Now, if that was just like an anecdote, interesting, didn't know it. Thank you. Also, now I'm in a, oh, look, there's an ad for the cake right here in the story. Oh, that's nice. How convenient. Doan's Bakery White Coconut Cake. You can actually buy this cake on Gold Belly. Now, Holly, it is a white chocolate coconut bunt cake. Yes. It looks amazing. I, I want to eat it. Coconut uh, cake, chunks of sweet white chocolate, cream cheese frosting, toasted oh. coconut flakes. The pillowy cake serves 12 to 16. I'm in. It's $110 for are a you, cake. Are you kidding me? for a gall darn cake. $110? Who in their right mind is buying a bunt cake for $110? Tom Cruise. And by the way, that's not including... Oh, it does say free shipping. Sorry, you do get free shipping. (laughs) Uh, $109 for a a cake that has... Serves allegedly 12. I would argue 4 to 6. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's getting split into quads. Yeah, right. And it lasts up to five days in the refrigerator or four months in the freezer, which is probably why Colby Smulders put... What is a Colby Smulders? Anyway? A Colby Smulders used to be on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a Hollywood gal about town. And clearly, she's got a she's got a Tom Cruise bunt cake. Oh, she was in Jack Reacher. Oh, there you go. That's why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so, and again, E, really, like, I get it. We're all trying to make a buck. Yeah. We all got our side gigs in this world. True. You got to do what you can do. Hustle. Got to pay those bills. Mm-hmm. But $110 tank. Well, what's surprising, Bradley, when you brought this story to the table, so to speak, it tickled my spidey senses because 
We've heard about this darn cake before. So anytime Tom Cruise wants some good publicity, they just trot out the bun cake. Yeah. Because here's a headline from December of last year. Only his favorite bakery would do. Tom Cruise shipped 300 coconut cakes from L.A. to the United Kingdom on his private jet as a gift to Mission oh Impossible crew members. Also, like, what a just, you know, I, I don't know. It's just so. And, you know, those are tax write-offs, too, for him. Mm-hmm. Look at Holly connecting those dots. La, 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 la. <laughs> what I will say is the anecdote that E just shared with us, by the way, is on the actual Gold Belly website. So they literally just copy pasted. Doan's Bakery has been featured on Jimmy Kimmel Live, the Graham Norton show. One time, actress Kobe Smulders told Jimmy, you guys. That being said, Bradley, it does look amazing. We need to get our mitts on one of these. Should we order one? Maybe we can write it off as a business expense. Let's try. Okay. When we come back, Holly's got a question for you. What's your favorite pop culture character that you were obsessed with? We'll tell you why and find out your answers when we return right here on My Talk 1071.